Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. A reflection from The Good Quote, which is found on Instagram. Five signs you're doing better than you think you are. One, you're not the same person you were a year ago. Two, you've got goals. Three, you've experienced real hardship. Four, you have one or two close friends. Five, you know that God has great things in store for you. The good quote also says, you can't play it safe your whole life and expect to reach your highest potential. You've got to be willing to take some risks. Thus ends the readings. Awesome. And those are the perfect quotes for this week's episode, which is all about how to be a boss. And we're going to be talking about what early professionalism looks like. But before we get into that, I definitely have an adventure to share, which is that this is my first quarter as a teaching assistant at UCLA. UCLA is on the quarter system, which means that we have three quarters over the course of the school year instead of having two semesters, like I've become accustomed to in my undergraduate and graduate career. But, you know, it is what it is. So it means three opportunities to meet new groups of students and teach them throughout the academic year, which is, can sometimes be heavy lifting and can sometimes be really exciting. And as you all know, of course, I come from a background where I was doing a lot of pastoring, youth leadership, preaching. So some of these skills definitely carry over to teaching, but teaching is a whole other bag of worms. So this is my first time grading people at the college level. And one thing that is really difficult, I think, especially as a woman of color anywhere and definitely as a woman of color in the university, is dealing with the fact that people sometimes just expect me to give them a high grade. They expect me to be an easy grader. They expect me to be very easy on them and not to push them and not to expect the best out of them. And it's a really interesting balance because with some students, they'll be very honest, like, you're right, I made that mistake. I've had some students who are just so appreciative of me and so gracious and kind. Um, there are some students who are in a sorority who invited me to their sorority house for dinner. They were able to invite like a favorite professor or TA and they invited me. It was really cute. There was like a handwritten thank you note. Uh, the food was, you know, meh, nothing to write home about, but it was just a really cute, sweet experience. And so I'm having those experiences, but I'm also having a course pushback about grades and, oh, I would like it if you did section this way or that way. But overall, it's just been a really great experience. And as a young scholar, it's a way for me to really grow into myself and to embrace the fact that even though I am an instructor, even the instruction process is a learning process. And I hope that that's something that I'll never forget, even as I continue to grow as an educator and as a scholar, that I'll always remember that the students and that the process of teaching and even doing readings that I might have done several times in the past, but that's also part of a learning and growing and maturing process for me. And I think that that's part of what growing into myself professionally looks like, never being too much on my high horse to understand that there are opportunities to learn and grow and mature and to become better at my craft, but also knowing how to stand up for myself if someone asks, for something real petty, like a grade change or something like that, 
always being able to say, no, next time really step up and do what I'm expecting of you, and that will make a difference in your grade. So it's been a really interesting experience. I'm grateful for it. Some days it's challenging and creates really long days and stressful days, but most days it's extremely rewarding, and I'm enjoying it. Awesome, Jamie. As you are a pearly professional in the academy and the church. So, Jamie, as we are talking about how to be a boss and pearly professionalism 101, what do you think are some awesome tips that you have learned or have acquired in your pearly arsenal that you think you should share with our pearls today? Because we want our pearls to really be popping. Like, we don't want to just move throughout this year as this year is getting closer to the end. Oh, my gosh, can you believe it? We're in November already. And moving toward 2019, we've got to, you know, step up our game, Pearls. We do. Everyone does. And not just, you know, me and Jamie individually, but we're talking about everybody. So we're here to help you. Remember when we did our Pearly Pro Tips back there in the summer? Well, think about this as being a professional, super-duper Pearly Pro Tip this day, Okay. So, Jamie, what kind of tips and offerings do you have and pearls of wisdom do you have for the pearls today? One thing that I'm definitely learning, Portia, and you've talked to me about this, I think, for like a couple of years. I know a friend of the podcast, Reverend Shelley, talks to, uh, talks to me about this a lot. You know what? Mind your money. And I know you all weren't expecting me to start with the money because I always have all this soft, mushy-gushy stuff to say. But mind your money. And what I mean by that is, first of all, don't get your income just from one place. Don't be fully reliant on any one institution or job or whatever your situation is to supply your income. And definitely, as much as possible, try not to be fully reliant on a partner for money, especially when you are an adult. Obviously, when you're a minor, that's different. But when you're an adult, try not to be completely reliant on a partner for the entirety of the money you will have in your life. You really have to pay attention to what you're earning, make sure your check is right, make sure you have other sources where you can get income just in case anything goes wrong, God forbid if anything goes wrong, but also so that you can make boss moves if you need to. And what I mean by that is some folks, uh, you end up in a position where, yes, you're passionate about the job, you're passionate about the work, but when you get there, you realize that that's not exactly the opportunity that you wanted and you want to move on to something different. If you have alternative sources of income, you're able to boldly make that move into the next step of your life or your career without feeling like, oh, my gosh, but I need this paycheck to survive. So, for example, let's say that you are working full time and you want to start a blog or a business. Okay, well, make sure that you have multiple sources of income. And so when you're ready to move on and launch that business or that blog or whatever it is to the next level, that you know that you have the money to support yourself. Or let's say you want to go back to grad school. Make sure that you have enough income between whatever work that you're doing so that you will be able to support yourself during the process because applying to grad school or even applying for a new job, as we all know, is a full-time job. So you want to make sure that you have the financial support so that while you are in that process of applying for your next move or applying for grad school or whatever it may be that you are working on as your next move, that you feel financially supported along the way. And Portia, I know you are totally a pro at that, making sure that you're, of course, mining your income from whatever your primary position is, but that you also are figuring out ways to hustle and create opportunities for yourself on the side. I know that you're really a master of that. 
Girl, I appreciate you calling me a master because I'm like, listen, I'm just out here striving, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, like, I think you're absolutely right, Jamie, and I think it's absolutely appropriate to start with finances and our money as the first thing to being a boss, right? Because, honestly, when we imagine a boss, the first thing I think of is, like, your money got to be right, you know, and that is absolutely something that is true. I realize that saving is something that's so important, knowing what's in your bank account, not just knowing what's going out, but what's also coming in and where is it coming from, knowing how to save, creating your budget and your business plans, right? If your business finances should be separate from your personal finances, you should definitely know what is the budget for your business, also know what is your personal budget. You know, it's kind of hard to be a boss and you've got these side hustles and then, you know, the rent's not paid or the lights aren't on. Like, all of that is really difficult. Um, but I always admire these stories about people who just throw themselves into their passion, into their business, into their side hustles um, to, to where the side hustle becomes the main thing. Those are always inspiring stories to me because that just shows that a boss move is taking risks. So we shared that a little bit in the reflection, but to be a boss, you've got to take risks. Being a boss is not playing it safe because safety vests and, you know, lifesavers when you're trying to swim in the deep waters of bossiness, it's not going to always provide you with what you need. You've got to go into deep waters. You can't just sit in the kiddie pool or in the shallow waters, right? You've got to go and explore. Floor. You know, set your sail and really take off and allow life to just show you all the possibilities. And I just love the idea of the unknown. Sometimes the unknown is really scary, but it's a beauty and a blessing when we can just allow ourselves to yield to not knowing what is going to happen. But that does not mean that taking a risk doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a plan. So even though you take risks, Risk should still come with a plan, right? I'm not saying that you don't use your safety belt. I am saying that you should just plan accordingly. Now, all things don't always go to plan, so always leave room for life to just kind of happen the way life happens. Or as we clergy folk would say, allow room for the Holy Spirit to just kind of lead you and guide you. But do have some sort of guide. Um, Everything doesn't have to be written out to the T because that's just not how life works. Everything doesn't always happen exactly the way we plan. And sometimes life will surprise us by kind of leaving room for life to happen. But taking risks and having an idea of where you're trying to go is very, very helpful. Case in point, if you know you want to start um, a new job, you should know when are the deadlines and the due dates for that job. Who are you going to ask for recommendations for the job because, you know, who are your references? They're going to ask you for your reference list. You should already have your reference list ready before they even ask for it, right? You shouldn't just say, oh, do you have any references before you start coming up with references. No, if you're trying to uh, apply for school, you should have, you should go and check up what are the requirements that you need to apply for school. When are the due dates? You know, if you're going to be professional, you need to do your research. So it doesn't matter whether you are starting school, starting a job, starting your own business venture. Look up and do your research. So taking risk requires research. 
You've got to know what you're taking a risk in and what you're getting yourself into. Don't go into anything blindly. Know what it is you're talking about. Know the company you want to represent. Know the school you're trying to represent. Know what kind of ideas you're trying to propose and put forward so that you can take these risks um, and do them without fear. And so um, that's one of my big, 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 big ones is take some risks and also do your research for the risk that you're getting ready to take. Jamie, what else do you have? Yeah, I think that's great advice to be a risk taker and also to do your research. Part of doing research, for example, if you're applying to graduate school, I was always a person who was too afraid to do this. But talk to, there's always a list of current graduate students on a lot of these websites, especially if it's like a PhD program, because they're able to list everyone who's in their program reach out to a couple of the graduate students, especially if you see on the website that they do work that's similar to yours, and ask them about the institution. Um, so what the website tells you is a marketing plan. We have to understand any kind of business, any kind of school that we are applying to, obviously they have a method to their madness, which is that they are a business. And so don't put your full trust in the business or in the organization. Ask around, get your information, um, look for sources of support. And speaking of support, if we're going to be taking these risks, if we're going to make boss moves, one of the other things that we really have to keep in mind is to make sure we are building relationships. We build relationships with people who are in the career that we wish to have, but we also just take care of our families. We take care of our friends. We look out for people. Because whenever you make a major career move, whenever you start taking risks in life, it always is going to be a healthier, happier, and more rewarding experience for you if you have a network of people who you already knew, who are your mentors, your friends, your family, whom you can rely on. I would not have been able to move across the country and to succeed in the program that I'm in right now if I was not building networks both here in LA before I arrived, and also maintaining my friendships on the East Coast, maintaining my mentor relationships on the East Coast, and definitely maintaining my relationships with the people who I've known the longest, who are my family. So part of being a boss is understanding that we don't do this alone. The same way that we say it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to become the boss that you want to be. So while you're busy taking risks, don't go at it alone. Don't burn bridges. You know, that's one of the biggest lessons that my parents taught me when I was growing up. Do not burn any bridges. Even if you're kind of giving somebody side eye, do not burn that bridge because you never know when you're going to need just the expertise, just the support that they can offer and that no one else can. So make sure you are always building relationships. Make sure you are building connections. Make sure that you're being Goodness, just a kind and gracious person. And I think sometimes on the way up, some of us forget about that because we're so focused on our next step. But you know what? Your next step is going to be worthless if it's not built on a foundation where people trust you and trust your reputation and where there's somebody for you to call at night if you had a bad day, someone to call to celebrate with if you had a good day. And so I think that's so important. You know, we always talk about on Just Do Pearls, cultivating the pearl within you. Part of cultivating the pearl within you is feeding yourself. You feed yourself with taking care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit. 
And part of how you take care of yourself spiritually is by building relationships with people who are going to love you and support you, give you the advice that you need to go to the next level. That's so great, Jamie. You just dropped a lot of pearls of wisdom, like with relationships. Like one thing that we always say um, in ministry is that relationships are fragile and relationships are meaningful, right? And so networking, your friendships, um, mentorship, all of this is just really, really important, right? And reputation, like, oh, my goodness, like we have so many great pearls already, like just from finance, risk, research, relationships, and your network and your mentorship and reputation, all of that is important. And I want to add something else that we should also consider when we're doing boss moves, Jamie. Guess what we should also consider? What should we consider, girl? Girl, we need to dress the part. Okay. Amen. So. Yes. Have that interview <laughs> outfit ready. Yes. Yes. We've got to dress the part. And so if you did not hear our episode on Own Your Style, which was from the summer, from our summer series, you need to go back to that. So I'm going to underscore um, owning your style and dressing the part. You know what you like. You know what makes you feel good, what you look good in. Having outfits that just look amazing on you, whether you love Afrocentric African print or whether you love super-duper um, clean, crisp, tailored outfits that actually everyone needs to get a tailor, actually, by the way. Everyone needs to have a tailor and have outfits that are tailored to their body. And it just looks amazing and super professional when we do that. Um, not being afraid of having pops of color in your outfit, whether you're going to an interview or whether you're just dressing for the day-to-day. Don't be afraid of having those statement necklaces or those statement pieces. Do not be afraid of rocking your pearls. You know we're going to rock with pearls, so make sure you have your pearls. You know, and do what makes you feel good. If you like, you know, Christian Louboutins, then you know what? Rock those red bottoms all the way to your interview. Rock those red bottoms to the office. Rock them to the coffee shop. If that's what you like, cool. You know, maybe you like wearing Timberlands, okay? I love wearing some heel Timberland boots. Why is that my thing? You know, I'm, you know, girl from the urban, urban America. I love it. So rock them. If that's what makes you feel bossy, you know, then do that. Being close to New York, Tim's and Nike's and wearing, um, you know, urban wear or as I call it, like, you know, casual street wear, that's something that's very common um, being in this area. And even though Wall Street is also common, you know, the suit and jacket and the tailor outfits, uh, but when I'm walking around Harlem, I know I'm going to dress the part for being who I am that is authentic to me because it feels good. Now, I mean, Harlem got some gentrification issues that, you know, I'm not going to go into, but, you know, slid that in there. But in any case, I'm going to always dress the part that looks most, uh, most authentic to me. So I love a good, big, flowy skirt, and I love huge, maxi African print skirts. So I'm going to rock those all the time because that's authentic to who I am as me as a young professional in ministry. At the same time, I'm also going to make sure I have my robes, right, for ministry because on first Sunday I'm required to wear robes and stoles, and so I make sure I have those things. But I'm not just wearing them, Jamie. I'm also making sure that they're pressed, that they're clean, that they go to the cleaners, that uh, my seams and the hems and everything is falling right where it needs to. And so I'm making sure that I am looking the part 
or whatever the dress code is. I'm not saying that everywhere you need to go or everything that you need to be a part of needs to have a dress code, but if there is a dress code, you should be aware of what that is. If there is a dress code where you know you need to wear a specific um, thing or if there's a, a suggested uh, attire, you should do that. Being professional, like if you're going to a gala, wear a gown. If you're going to a cocktail party, think about a cocktail dress or a nice pair of slacks. Or if it's a business casual, you know, maybe you're going to rock that cardigan. Whatever it is, whatever setting that you're going to be in, you should want to put your best face and best foot forward. And that way, um, when people see you, your outfit's going to make a statement. And so I'm not going to wear sweatpants and sneakers um, if I'm going to a business meeting. But I might want to do that and be chill at the coffee shop or the Starbucks, but also understanding that every time we leave out the front door and even on our social media, every opportunity is an opportunity to meet someone and to network. So we always want to dress the part. And I should also add, you know, don't be afraid to try something funky with your hair. So I recently just cut my hair again. <laughs> when we started this show, I had, like, cut my hair because, you know, I had a really, really tragic situation with some sister locks that caused me to cut off my hair. Um, and then uh, I was rocking wigs and head wraps, and I eventually let my hair grow out. And now I just recently cut my hair again because I realized me having short hair made me feel so bossy. Um, in the best way, I felt like the boss, right? And it's really bossy, like, oh, I'm bossing people around. No, I felt very professional. I felt very um, authentic and genuine to who I am. So all of that to say, um, dress the part. Um, dress however that makes you feel comfortable um, knowing to whatever situation that you're going into. So those are my thoughts, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, and I definitely want to add to that. I think that is exactly right, Portia. One thing this is my piece of advice for graduate students because so here's the thing so we have a very delicate balance you all know that i'm a dresser <laughs> we've discussed this so i tend to be in my very particular um very fashionable wardrobe all the time but what i would recommend for a graduate student who is not feeling super comfortable in that especially you know i'm out here on the west coast so sometimes it is a bit overdressed one thing that I would recommend is make sure, like if you're a uniform as a graduate student um, or even as a pastor, you know, let's say you work in just something where it's a little bit like you don't need to be dressed up every day. So have your standard wardrobe of nice jeans. Still don't run around in these sweatpants and midriff shirts. I'm sorry. In, in a professional environment, even if you're a grad student, it's just not an appropriate way to show up. But have like some nice jeans or some nice pants that you wear every day you know, a nice casual dress, whatever your style might be, um, and a shirt, you know, obviously if you're not wearing like a dress or something like that. So have that all the time. But then also remember, especially if you're something like a graduate student, a couple times a year you're going to be going to conferences. You need outfits for that. So make sure you are shopping throughout the year for specific pieces that you know will be easy for you to pack that are not going to wrinkle in your bag when you go to these conferences or that you have like a travel iron or something like that, so that you always have something clean and neat and tidy that you can just pull out and wear and it's easy to pack. You have to have that in your closet at all times. And definitely when it's time to go on the job market, you have to make sure you're ready to go. I want to recommend, if you are a graduate student, this book that's called The Professor is In. It's by Karen Kelsky. And one of her chapters is called What Not to Wear. 
And she says that the fitted jacket is the job candidate's best friend. The best fitted jackets look hip and professional and can be combined with any shirts or pants in your wardrobe. However, all jackets, to Portia's point, have to be tried on at the store. The best and most expensive jacket will not do its magic if it does not fit your body. So don't try to buy jackets online. She said jacket shopping can be grueling like shopping for swimsuits, and we all know about that. So put in the time. It's worth it for the effect. But we also want to acknowledge exactly like Portia said, not all women necessarily want to present in feminine styles, whatever that means. Not all men necessarily want to present in masculine styles, whatever that means. Y'all can figure out for yourselves what that means to you. And so even if your style is nonconformist to whatever your gender identity is, you can also figure out a way to fully be yourself when you're showing up to the room. And I think that's what Portia's saying about owning your style and bold prints. It's still possible. And I want to just recommend to you all to take a look at this really incredible woman who's a CEO. She's a boss lady, Bazoma St. John. Um, look at her Instagram, which is badassboz, B-O-Z. And she is this incredible black woman who has had numerous high-level positions at places like Uber, and she completely owns her style. Her hair is big. Her nails are long. She's wearing bold, fabulous prints, as you can see on her Instagram. And so it's true to her, but at the same time, it's not unprofessional. Like I said, it's not like the cut-off top. It's not mini skirts. It's not these high heels that look completely inappropriate for the workplace, but it is still true to her. But that's something that exactly like this book says, that's something that takes time. So start thinking about it now and have it ready to go because these outfits that we put together at the last minute just to try to make something work, they are not as effective as we would like for them to be in terms of demonstrating that we are professional. So I completely agree with Portia. Make sure we're working on that style. Make sure we're owning that style. But also, like Portia said, that goes back to doing your research know what's going to be appropriate for whatever place that you're going so that you can definitely put your best foot forward as you walk into the door. Any other tips that you have, Portia? Um, I just want to offer one resource, uh, and that would be to um, check out a great podcast, um, which is Myleek Teal. Uh, Myleek, we will tag that podcast, uh, her Instagram and stuff, in our description box when we post. So, you know, make sure y'all following us so y'all know um, where to follow the link. And so Myleek gives a lot of great professional advice in general. Um, she answers a lot of listener questions about professionalism and jobs and just things of that nature. And so um, she, she just really gives great advice. And so that is a great resource as well um, just for – uh, pearly professionalism, uh, if you would. So I took a lot of um, tips and just ideas um, from her. And so uh, we'll put that in the description box as well to share. So, yeah, we hope these are tips that will help you all on your professional journey toward becoming a boss, whatever that looks like to you. And, Portia, I think you have one more thing to add before we conclude this episode. Oh, boy, you know what time it is, Jamie. All right, y'all, it's time for the Petty Pearl. Don't act like y'all didn't know it was coming. Don't act brand new. Some of y'all know this is your favorite part. So I got a good one for you today because we're talking about professionalism. Um, so this is a, a, a multi-layered Petty Pearl. 
So I'm going to call this the unprofessional pearl. <laughs> unprofessional pearls. It is quite, quite unprofessional, and I am petty. When you are late, if an event starts at 6 o'clock, do not show up at 6.30. I got to call out CP time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That is unprofessional. As we are moving to 2019 and just trying to be better in our lives, y'all, we have got to do better. So to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late, and to be late is unacceptable. Next order of business, please have someone spell check the typos on your resume. It is unprofessional to send a resume with typos. That is not okay. Please check the font as well. Times New Roman always works. It is also very unprofessional to show up to work when you are in a corporate setting in your sweatpants. Child, don't do it. It's not okay. Don't do it. Whatever the dress code is for your job, if you have a uniform, wear it. But as a tip, what we want you to do is to be the best you that you can absolutely be. And so as you know, as we help you cultivate the pro within you, we want you to always, always, always be your authentic and truest self. So we hope you enjoyed our pearly pro tips and our pearly professional 101. Don't be petty, y'all, for real. Make sure y'all take us up on some of these things because we just want y'all to have the best lives and thriving in cultivation of pearlism. Amen. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just2pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.